I just got done watching that Turtles trailer. Oh yeah. And I, I gotta say like, I, I have no nostalgia for the Ninja Turtles at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't watch them growing up or anything. Um, I just, just was just aware of them by osmosis. Sure. But it's really cool that they're making it in that Sony animation style of Spider-Verse. Yeah, man. No, no, I'm excited for it. I mean, I think it's weird because, you know, we're so used to seeing like the turtles as like, you know, 18, 19 year old yeah. teenagers, you know? So it's weird that they're like, I mean, essentially like 13 year olds, it seems like. But I got to say, man, I'm a, I'm a little worried about a few things. The first is Seth Rogen. And the <laughs> second is, uh, is the sheer number of characters they've announced for this thing. Um, I'm just a little worried that it's just going to be too much and then the turtles aren't going to be the focus because it's like, but we got to get to the next thing. And then it's like, oh, great. Jokes, jokes, jokes. Yeah. Jokes and villains. Go. Hurry. There's no yeah. time. We we have to get to the next villain so we can make fun <laughs> of their name. And we, it's like, oh, okay. We have to monetize this IP. This one's played by Ice Cube. Quick, everyone, before they shut us down and we don't get to make more of these. <laughs> yes. Which is, I, I get it, but then like whenever they go, yes, it was a huge success, make more. Like here, let's let's greenlight two sequels. And they're like, oh my God, but we did everything. Right. Now what do we do? What do we do? That was all. That was all there was. Right, right. <laughs> Dustin. Okie dokie, Hooper. I'm feeling sharp tonight. Okay, why? I don't know. Just the, well, because I because I just did some cocaine. Uh, <laughs> because I am sharp. Woo! I uh, <laughs> no. I, before we did the Ant Man, I was uh, the Ant Man um, episode. I was just I was so exhausted and uh, yeah, yeah. But I, by contrast, I feel feel better. Just feel better in general. Okay, well that's <laughs> so, good. Feel great. Um. Okay, cool. Well, I got nothing else to to chit chat about. You want to talk about Creed three? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I thought you were sharp, Hoover. I know. I'm so sharp. You I don't couldn't f- even come up with the first I, thing to talk I, I, about. I don't feel like bullshitting today. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get into the film. All right, let's uh, let's talk about Creed three, which I did not see. Okay, so we'll we'll keep it spoiler free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Dustin. You clearly I, I shouldn't be driving right now. You need to <laughs> You feel so sharp that your your rhyme was zippity zippity z. Zippity zippity d. Zippity d. I, um, I went to the rhyming school of Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby. Oh. Um, That's all he taught yes. me. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> Just gonna have some coffee from this Whataburger tumbler now. <laughs> there you go. Not a sponsor. Oh, I love Whataburger. We just got a Whataburger, man. You do wait, like the first one in, in town? In Georgia. What? Yeah, dude. There hasn't been one in Georgia. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, so uh, when when I was dating my wife, uh, we we wanted Whataburger one day, so we had to drive to Alabama to get it. 
Where was where's the nearest one in Alabama? Is it like oh I don't even first remember. exit or did you have to go like all the way to Birmingham? No, it was it was a couple hours away. Um, I can't remember where it was. It wasn't Birmingham. It was somewhere else. Dan, um, that's about the distance though. This this is such a strange tangent. Hey, we did it. We found a thing. Um, there you go. When I was my first job in news, when I was working the mm. weekends, there's a Whataburger right down the street from the station, mm. and so every Saturday. There's only a nine o'clock news. I'd sit around all day, not do much. And so yeah. for my lunch break, after my hardworking day of watching The Sopranos, I would I would just drive down to that Whataburger and just get the same. It's, it's solid food, man. Yeah, man. I, I love Whataburger. Anytime I see one, I stop. But, you know, whatever. I, I'm, you know, I know it's not gourmet, but it's I just don't know. It's so good. I don't know when it came to Mobile, but like I remember like seeing commercials for it as a kid and going like, mm. where is this place? Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen this. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the closest one was in Leeds, Alabama, which is close to Birmingham. Ned Leeds. Um, Ned Leeds. Um, <laughs> so so that's that's the one that we went to. But it does look like actually there are more in Georgia than I thought. Mm. Um, but th- but there were not just a few short years ago because there were none. So, um, which is why we went to Alabama for it. Um, so right now there is one in Kennesaw and one in Woodstock. And that's the only two in Georgia. Um, it's so so, weird. There's no, there's, there's none even on the Atlanta perimeter. Yeah. Nothing. Is that some like, political thing or something or is that just I like have no idea i have no idea i mean kennesaw i mean it's outside the perimeter but it's i mean it's close-ish um but but yeah it just opened and i remember when it opened um one, one of my friends lives over in that area and he was like yeah i mean you cannot get around it because everybody is going to whataburger at all hours of the day yeah and it's like the line was like three hours long that first week. And it's like, good Lord. And so I'm like, okay. So I told Sarah, I was like, let's drive to to Whataburger one day and get a burger. Yeah. But then I realized like my actual favorite burger place in the world is in Kennesaw. And I'm like, so it sucks because I'm like, I could drive to Kennesaw and get a Whataburger because I can't, or I can go to my actual favorite burger place ever in the same area. <laughs> And I'm like, ah, this sucks. I wonder if uh, the varsity just has like a stranglehold on the governor's office. Like, <laughs> don't you ever let them come here. No more burgers other than us. And then when Brian Kemp got elected, they're like, hey, just want to let you know the way it goes around here. We don't we don't let Whataburger in. He's like, we're yeah, getting we do. it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. I'm doing what I want. I'm ending this. <laughs> Stacey Abrams would bow to your wishes, but not Kemp. <laughs> not old Kempy. <laughs> Kemp ain't no simp, as the kids say. <laughs> zippity zippity dimp. Uh, oh boy. Anyway, what about right, so creep three? Hey my man, can I help you? Let me get an autograph. No, nah, I ain't signing an autograph, so you get off my car. You don't remember me, huh? Amy, how long were you locked up? 18 years, bro. Just got out last week. Glad to have you back out, huh? I know I've been away a long time, but I kept myself in shape. I still got gas in the tank. Come by the gym. Thank you. Curious what happened with you two. 
I didn't tell you. We was like brothers. I was the best, though. Man, I never got a chance to prove that. That's cute. I know what you're doing, Donnie. You don't owe this dude nothing. Damien's fighting the world. He's trying to hurt people. I vouch for you. You think you mad? Try spending half your life in a cell. Watching somebody else live your life. I'm coming for everything. You threatening me? Something is going on with you. Damien was like family. Now we passed talking. Then maybe you just have to find out. Do what I gotta do. Some of my methods you might disagree with me. These are family ties. I recognize mine. I know that they needed me. Somatic stress, watch a manifest. Got my only fear. I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? I ain't scared of death. Did you hear me yet? What you gonna do? Threaten to take my plan. I need you to let go of your fear. Let go of the guilt. Let go of whatever was and walk into what is. I feel those chains are breaking, yeah. I fear God, I don't fear death. I see those streets and streets still. No, he's not eating burgers. Adonis Creed. Although he does eat a burger in this movie and it looks delicious. Oh. It's one of those movie burgers where you're like, oh, you're like, oh, this, this doesn't, this burger doesn't exist. Yeah. I want one of those burgers. It has that perfect crunch. Yeah. It's, it's just the absolute perfect, oh. like everything burger. It's like, oh, that bacon's so crispy. Oh. Creed 3, of course, is the third in the Creed franchise and what, the ninth in the Rocky franchise? Uh, um, yes. Ninth in the Rocky film series. So there you go. Um, this is notably the first Rocky film to not feature Rocky or Sylvester Stallone in any way. Um, we'll get into that. Um, yes, I'd like to know this, these things. Yes. Yeah, so the story um, was... The story is by Ryan Coogler, um, but the screenplay itself was written by Keenan Coogler and Zach Balin. Um, and and then the director, uh, notably here, is Michael B. Jordan. Mm -hmm. So uh, Michael, this is Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. He, of course, stars in the film alongside Tessa Thompson and Jonathan Majors, who's having a fantastic year, even though I didn't like Ant-Man. I mean... The guy's on top of the world right now. Yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah, uh, among among many others, Flish Rashad is back. Uh, Wood Harris is back. And, uh, you know, it's 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 a great cast. I mean, it's it's just an undeniably great cast. Um, the story revolves around um, Michael B. Jordan's Adonis Creed, again, who uh, reconnects with a, uh, a a friend from his past, played by Jonathan Majors, named Damian Anderson. Um, and Damian uh, has just been released after 18 long years in prison, and he wants his shot at the heavyweight championship uh, title. So he is going to persuade or try to persuade Adonis to give him that shot. Um, and then, um, you know, things happen and, uh, as they often do and, uh, Damien may not be on the up and up. Um, so, oh, oh no. So, yeah. So there's a little bit of intrigue there. Oh. Um, but, um, but Adonis gets tested, uh, by this old friendship and by, 
things in his personal life, which is kind of the Rocky franchise way. Um, for anybody who has been following the Rocky franchise, um, you know, these films are not really about boxing. Like, of course they are, but they're not really right. Like the, the things that matter is, it was it was sort of a vehicle for Stallone to tell a story about his life um, or about just life in general. Um, so, you know, when I think back on the Rocky movies, I'm like Rocky one is sort of a love story and it's about an underdog. And uh, and that's exactly what Stallone was at the time. Rocky two is the story of, you know, his uh uh, relationship with Adrian and uh, and marriage to Adrian, and then of course uh, uh, the birth of his son and the 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 trials that that brings, and and so yeah, they're also about boxing, but they're also about life, and uh, yeah. and so this is much that same way. Um, this digs into Adonis's past, his backstory, some things that we have not known uh, the full uh, extent of, and. Um, and kind of digs into childhood trauma a little bit and and what uh, things you do as a kid that you often want to kind of put behind you and not think about ever. Yeah. Um, and so the film essentially becomes a metaphor for uh, fighting your 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 past demons, right? Fighting yeah. these ghosts of your past that that come back in to haunt you. Um, so I, I saw an interesting, uh, you know, pithy little letterbox review that was like, "Men will literally punch each other in the face rather than go to therapy." And it's like, yeah, that's that's basically the movie is like, you know, Adonis has some some past baggage that he needs to deal with. Um, and of course, uh, the way that he's going to do that is going to involve the things that he, you know, is good at right fighting. Yeah. And, um, and so for some, uh, communication is simple and easy and, uh, you know, talking about your feelings and, and all of that comes naturally. And for others, um, it's just easier to just punch at it and fight and choke it down. And, uh, but is that really the healthiest thing? So, so that's really what the movie's about. But, um, uh, so like I said, the cast is great here. Jonathan majors is great. I think he's handing in a better performance here, even than Ant-Man, even though I think his performance in Ant-Man was, was fine. Um, and, uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan is, um, you know, always, always great. Tessa Thompson is, I think this is her best role. Um, I have not seen oh. her in a lot of things, but, uh, outside of the MCU, but I, as far as I'm concerned, this, this role here from these three Creed movies is her best role. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I, I really enjoy what they have done here in terms of getting the cast together. And then we need to talk about the direction. Um, so with Michael B. Jordan, um, this being his first film, uh, and starring in it, that's sort of like this weird double edge sword where, you know, something's got to give, right. Mm -hmm. Um, like maybe the performance is going to suffer or maybe the direction is going to suffer. Yeah. Um, and especially on your first time out, but really, no, like it's solid. Um, it's a solid performance and it's a solid uh, directorial effort. Um, he is very clearly interested in different things than Stallone is. Um, and I don't just mean that story wise. I mean, visually, I mean, the way he choreographs these action scenes feels different and unique to anything else in the entire 
you know, nine film franchise. Uh, Ryan Coogler, of course, with Creed one had a distinct style, but, but he, he kind of stuck to that Rocky formula a little bit. And here, Michael B. Jordan is more eager to rock the boat and give us something a little bit different. So in a weird way, when it comes to the two fighters, um, in any of the fights in the film, um, when it comes to the fighters facing off, you get a little bit of like a Western vibe, right? You get like close-ups on eyes, you get, um, you know, tension building, um, in that little moment where they're, you know, you touch gloves, you know, go to your, your corner, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, it, it, it's tense and he's borrowed that from the Western, but also, and, and I've heard him say that he was most inspired by anime Yeah, and, uh, Michael B. Jordan loves anime. We, we all know this and we love him for it. Um, I did not know this before I'd heard a review of this film and then right before we were recording, I was reading the him saying like, oh yeah, like I love Dragon Ball Z and Naruto yeah. and yeah. Yep. Yep. And so he, he, he grew up on all of that and he loves all of that. So, um, you know, embracing that and, uh, and, and using that to inform his visual style for this film was really a stroke of genius. Um, because really, I mean, nine films in, you have to do something to differentiate yourself. And, and he really did that. So, so yes, the close up on eyes is Western inspired. It's Sergio Leone, but it's also anime, right? Like how many times have you seen that, that extreme close up on Goku as he starts to power up, yeah. right? Like, like this is just what happens. Um, there are some slow motion shots in here where the fighter is thinking like you get, do you remember in Sherlock Holmes, the guy, Richie Sherlock Holmes, you get to kind of see uh, while Holmes is brawling, whether that's a good idea or not, he's, he's fighting mm -hmm. and he, and you see like his mind working like, Oh, left kneecap, you yeah. know, is weak. And so you get a little bit of that here, right? Like oh. it's this slow-mo kind of thing where he, the fighter is looking for the weakness. And it's like, yeah, we haven't seen that in Rocky before in Rocky. It's just kind of like, you know, they might say, Oh, something is, you know, he's favoring one side or whatever, like go after the other side, but you, you don't see the, the fighter analyzing it mid fight, but you see that here. And that's a, and, and, and it's all visual. Um, I'm sure it's in the screenplay, but it's all visual. And, and that's a stroke of genius on Michael B. Jordan's part to, uh, accentuate that. And then, um, you know, if you think about like anime, which admittedly I have not watched a lot of anime, um, there is a, this kind of staple of, of anime where, um, a character will go for a punch or go for whatever. And, and during that attack, it, like the timing, cause animation is all timing. Uh, the timing gets like really, you know, warped as the character like pulls back that punch and then like it just freezes for a second. You can just feel him like charging that up and the background becomes like smeared colors, you know, and then it's like wham right in. And then the character like doubles over in pain. Like that's what this feels like, of course, without the smeared colors. It feels like he's playing with timing in the way the anime does. Mm. Um, and and so I picked up on that during the film before knowing it was inspired by anime. I didn't, I didn't necessarily put it together, but I recognized what he was doing felt like animation. It felt like deliberate, like time ramping in a weird way. So you think about like speed ramping, this is more like time ramping. Like we're, we're adjusting the timing of, of life in order to convey to the audience what's happening uh, more clearly. And that's, that's sort of an animation trick.
Um, so hearing that he's inspired by anime, um, I think it really works for this film. The film also introduces a few clever things like, um, there's a moment later in the film, which, which I won't spoil, but, um, where the fight is not necessarily represented, um, realistically. Um, and it's a stylization of the fight that works for the themes and, and the character, uh, the characterization at that time. And we've never seen that in a, in a Rocky film, a Rocky film typically presents its fights. Like they could be broadcast on, you know, on ESPN. Um, but this deliberately chooses to forgo that in, in favor of a more cinematic or anim animation kind of, uh, uh, viewpoint. And, and I think that that's really cool. Nine films in, mm. um, I don't know that I'd want every film to be like this from here on out, but, but watching Michael B. Jordan do that, I think makes it feel more authentic because we know this is his inspiration and, and he's achieving, uh, the look he's intending. Um, and so, uh, to that end, visually, it's just a really cool piece. Um, I think there are some things here, story-wise, uh, some story threads that get dropped, unfortunately. And I don't know if they ended up on a cutting room floor or if they just were dropped in the screenplay and never never filmed. Um, like, I'm not sure where that that problem lies but um uh, but there are some loose threads story-wise um some things that i think they just kind of forgot to wrap up um so the screenplay is not airtight um but it is good and um and, and i also think that um uh speaking of the screenplay maybe the dialogue is a little bit on the nose and a lot of the story beats are on the nose like i think i th I don't typically watch movies to try to guess the ending. Sometimes you can kind of feel where it's going, but like, I feel like my wife does this a lot. Like she'll read a book or watch a movie and she's trying to actively guess how it's going to end. I, I don't really do that. I try to just take in the movie as it unfolds to me, yeah. but there are some things here that, you know, even I not looking for it could see coming a mile away. Um, so, um, they're not bad things. They're things that I would have done, but they, they're, they're predictable. So if predictability bothers you, you may be bothered by it. Um, I, I'm not super bothered by predictability if it makes sense character wise. Um, so, um, so yeah, all that to say, um, I, I enjoyed Creed three. Um, I, I have not seen one and two recently enough to put it in context of the other two. Um, but I, I, I certainly enjoyed it. Now, um, the big elephant in the room is Sylvester Stallone's absence from the film. Yeah. Um, for those of you who, who maybe are unaware back when Sylvester Stallone wrote the original Rocky, he sold the rights to the character, um, to the producer, uh, whose name I need to pull up. Is it Erwin Winkler and Charles Winkler? Yes. Yeah, it's Erwin Winkler. Um, it's also David so, Winkler. It's a lot of Winklers. A lot of Winklers. Um, and uh, he he sold the rights and he, you know, at that time needed the money. He needed the job and he needed and he didn't know that it was going to be a decades long franchise. Yeah. Right. And so now the the Winkler patriarch is 93 years old and um, and. 
And Stallone has been petitioning to try to buy back those rights from him. But evidently, uh, he's saying, no, I'm going to, when I die, pass these rights on to my children. Damn. And Stallone's like, well, your children don't deserve them. My children deserve them. Oh. And so I want to pass on the rights to Rocky to my children. Damn. And so um, so it's this weird area. Like, I can't fault the Winklers because they are under no obligation to sell the rights to this profitable thing back to somebody. Yeah. Um, just just to be nice. Yeah. Right. Um, it would be nice. I think that would make a great story, but they, they're under no obligation to do that. No. And, and they'd be giving up a ton of money considering a ton of these money. films continue to make money. They, in fact, this I think was the highest opening weekend of any Rocky film. Um, so, uh, if, if, if my sources are to be believed, um, so, um, let me let me double check myself on that as we as does, we speak. It but, does say this is the first MGM film to not be distributed by United Artists releasing after Amazon shut down the distributor's operations and folded it into MGM. Mm. Seems to have not slowed them down at least. Because right now, according to the Wikipedia posting of it, this has made a hundred and five million dollars. Yep. And it came out what this past weekend? Yep. Yeah. It says biggest domestic opening for a sports film ever. Wow. Um, yeah. For a sports so, film. For a sports film. Any sports film. Any sports film. This is the highest. That's what's so crazy about this. We're just talking about $100 million. Yeah, right. This is the biggest opening for a sports film. For a sports film ever. That's really cool. And I wish I wish we were playing with these numbers more frequently because yeah. yeah. we live in a time where it's like, ah, oh, I made $300 million. Ah, oh, it's a disappointment. Didn't make it's back a disappointment. Its, budget. it's like, yeah. good Lord, it's so insane. But like- for a $75 million film, which is, is, is even a large on the large end of, of middle budget. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's that's incredible that this even exists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, but yeah, man. So, you know, it's, it's well on its way to profitability. It's, it's breaking records. It's awesome. Um, so of course they would be, they would be throwing away a lot of money if they sold the rights back to Stallone. Um, so they're under no obligation to do that, but this, this has caused a huge feud between Sylvester Stallone and the producers of the Rocky franchise, um, such that, um, Stallone's saying, "I, I will never work with them again. And they're saying, well, we'll never work with you again. So there will never be another Rocky film with Sylvester Stallone, period. He'll never play that character again until this gets settled. Well, um, here's the good news for him. The Winklers are all going to die soon. Right. So, And, and all, all it's going to take is their children to say like, oh, we look, we will look really good if we sell this to Stallone. Yeah. And we'll make a lot of money right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause, cause for them, it's just like, how much longer can this go on? Like, is, right. like, is this even, we've got plenty of money. Our dad is Erwin Winkler, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, we've yep. made plenty of money off this already. And you're right. Like it would be a total good gesture if we said, Hey, sorry about all of that. Um, yep. Now as the new owners of these rights, we'd be glad to sell them back to you at a completely reasonable price or, or an unreasonable one. Stallone will pay it. I'm sure. I'm sure. Oh yeah. I'm sure, sure money is not the issue. He's just like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll give you a house. Just give me my rights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I don't care. Um, yeah, man. So it, it, it's, it's, um, that would be a good story. 
it would be a good story. And so it remains to be seen what will actually happen um, with all of this. But I know that the Winklers have set up a um, an, a Drago spinoff film, which Dolph Lundgren is attached to. Um, and Stallone got mad because he wasn't consulted on that. And <laughs> Dolph was like, I didn't know that you didn't know. Yeah. Like, sorry, brother. Like, I didn't know. And so it's like this whole mess. Now, of course, Stallone will get paid for all of these. Yes. Why? Because he's a character creator. Yes. They're all based on characters created by Sylvester Stallone. So he will make money. Yeah. Um, but it'll be the the bare minimum for WGA, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so jump so change for him. It, it, it'll be nothing compared to what he could make were he actually Had more involved. Story. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand, he wanted maybe he did write a Creed three and they rejected it. Um, and he wrote a Rocky seven as well. And they rejected that, too. So I think he's just kind of like over it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, uh, in terms of this film. Rocky Balboa is mentioned a few times. Obviously, Apollo Creed is mentioned more. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, Stallone will have to make money because those characters are mentioned. I think his absence is definitely felt. Um, and I kept waiting for like this fake out moment where he would show up and he doesn't. Um, so don't hold your breath on that. He's oh, yeah. he's not going to be there. Um, and that sucks because I think that he was such an integral part of the first two Creed films that for him to be absent during this, which may be the most personal of all of Adonis Creed's fights, feels like a missed opportunity and it feels like a logical inconsistency. Um, it feels like, of course, Rocky would be there, right? So you know, internally, story-wise, you can only say, well, he either didn't know that Adonis was having this fight, which is unbelievable, or he is sick and can't make the trip, which undermines his whole, you know, cancer remission thing from mm-hmm. Creed 1 and 2. Um, and, you know, I or, or he's dead, which would be the worst of all options because then we won't get another Rocky movie ever. Right. But, um, but all that, all that said, um, he does not show up here. The absence is notable. It feels like an absence, um, because keep in mind, even in the Creed films, I would, I would argue that Rocky was, you know, a huge part, maybe not the biggest, but maybe the biggest, uh, part of those films, uh, in terms of their, uh, uh, market marketability. Right. And in terms of, you know, like the, the heart of those films was always with Rocky. Um, it was Rocky giving life lessons to Adonis Creed and, and that was the whole thing. And so now that he's gone, you just feel that the heart is gone a little bit. And, and that every man thing that Stallone was so good at playing is so good at playing with Rocky. Um, is a little bit gone. So these are, you know, uh, you know, e- even when Rocky was super rich, like in Rocky four. Mm-hmm. Right. And it, it, he still felt like just a, sh- just a schmuck from Philly, you know, <laughs> yeah. he didn't feel like, you know, whatever. And so I think having that, that thing, that feeling here would have been beneficial of like, well, here's, here's an example of like a super rich dude who 
is still just a common dude. Mm-hmm. Um, because that that's one of the one of the themes of the film is Adonis making all of this of his life while Damien rotted away in prison. Right. Um, you know, is is Adonis, you know, does Donnie feel like he's worth what he's received? Um, and, uh, and why not Damien? And, and that, that's a good theme and it would be, it would have been ripe for, you know, Rocky to come in and be like, yeah, I'm just an average guy, but you know, like I'm here, you know? And like, that would have been like a great, you know, addition to the film. So all star rating, I gave it four stars. I was feeling a little bit generous, but I do think that it's, it's three and a half to four. Um, it's, it's a good movie that could have been made greater by Sylvester Stallone and could have been made greater by, I would say the film's a little short. It could use a little bit more in the second and third act, um, to, to really help you feel the emotion. And then a couple of those dropped storylines, one in particular, um, which maybe they're thinking they'll come back to in the future. I don't know. Um, uh, that dropped storyline, I think is a detriment to the film. So it, it's not a perfect film. Um, but I, I would say, you know, it's definitely better than Rocky five. So that's, yeah. you know, and, and I'd say it's probably more memorable than Rocky six, even though I liked Rocky six. It's a good movie. Do I recommend it? Yeah, totally. I think if you could go see this in theaters, go see it in theaters. Um, it's it's worth the money and it's worth supporting, if only just to support you know the directorial debut of Michael B. Jordan and yeah. this cast and and uh, you know I think I think it's I think it's a good it's a really good movie. So um, so yeah, definitely check it out when you can. Um, and and just just because like i know you like the rocky movies as much as i do yeah is there another franchise that has been around for as many decades as this one has that's had consistently good films as mm. far as like good to bad ratio yeah like this is there's like one bad movie i don't know yeah you're right i mean this is probably it you know it's like a slept on franchise but like everyone knows the rocky franchise but no one counts it among the best franchises for some reason. I'm going to use it pound for pound. What do you want? This is a, yeah, right. Th- this is a really great franchise here. That's so, true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, man, if you're a Rocky fan, if you're a boxing movie fan, if you're a fan of Michael B. Jordan, if you're a fan of Jonathan Majors, check this out. It's worth your time. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. All right. That's Creed 3. I I, I never saw Creed 2. Really? Oh, go right. see it. Well, that's another, so I, I'm not gonna be able to get out to see this one in theaters. Um, and you know, for a bunch of reasons, but one of those reasons was, well, and you know, I never saw Creed two. So like, I, you know, it's, yeah, it's not like I can just go see Creed three tomorrow. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Creed two is good. I, yeah. I know. I, we talked about it on the show way back when you yeah. saw it and I just never saw it. Never, never got around to seeing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was turned off that it wasn't directed by Ryan Coogler. And mm. then like, I just never saw it, you know? Sure. Sure. Which is silly now. Cause it's like, well, none of them are directed by the same person. So except for Stallone direct, he's the only one that's directed multiple. He directed two, three, four. He did not do five. No. I would but have he just did do six. Him. Yeah. Right. He did do six. That's right. He did do six. Also, we've said it before, say it again, Stallone is slept on as a writer director. He is. He, <laughs> he is. I don't know. So, I was watching some 
the the cinema therapy YouTube channel was t- was going through uh, was exploring the character of uh, Rocky and Cre- I think it was I think it was Creed specifically. But anyway, one of them said like like even if we had just gotten even if Stallone had just gone the writing path and never like acted on camera, you know, like we still would have gotten a lot of great stories out of him. Yeah, you know, for either sure. way, like if he hadn't been a movie star, we might have like two or three times the amount of great films out there just because he'd be out there writing them writing and, may- stuff. and maybe yeah. directing them, you know, yep. and not yep. busying himself with like starring in all, the, all of them. And exactly. Know, yeah. Making spy kids three, you know, he, he would just be, <laughs> he'd just be clacking away at a computer, just like writing really, yeah. really great genre stuff. Yeah. Man. Yeah, oh well. I, I, I want to see. I want to see how that phone call went between Robert Rodriguez and Stallone. Yeah. Hey, do you want to be in uh, Spy Kids three? Are you paying me money? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally, it's the same same conversation you had with James Gunn about Guardians two. Who is this? <laughs> hey, uh, somebody with money. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to amass a lot of wealth so I can buy back the rights to my characters. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want. Is this a? Uh, is this about? Is this, is this about cameo? Are you cameo? <laughs> Are you cameo? Yes. It's 1989. Sly. Oh, okay. Sorry, I had a dream about something called cameo. <laughs> I should invest in that. It's gonna be oh, big. Well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to end this episode. <laughs> yep. All right, go see Creed Three, everybody. Yeah.